man, Hades is a cheating jackass. The old man hit me with a cheap shot when I wasn't looking. He's in for it. When I crawl, crawl back through Hades to kick it. Wait, wait a minute. I don't seem to be in Hades. Nah, friend. You're in the downside. Seems like there was a glitch in the cosmic matrix and you swapped places with someone that was supposed to come here. What's the downside? A place where we wander endlessly in a wagon until we participate in the rites. Rites? You mean we don't fight our way out of here back to the surface? Nah, too much trouble. Here, take this fireball and see how fast you can run it over to that pyre. Huh, wow. So if you do this enough times, you can get out of here? Yeah, man. It's way more fun and we get less bruises that way. What do you have to do to get out of the afterlife where you're from? Oh, just fight some crazy sisters, a fire snake, a minotaur, and my cranky dad. Sounds like a drag. I feel bad for the poor sap that ended up here in your place. Meanwhile, somewhere in the Elysium Coliseum. All right, let's bring on that pyre. Y'all ready for this? Pyre! Down here we bathe in the glory of combat thesis bunch! Oof, I wasn't ready for that. In the early 2000s, Kelly Ryan and Matt Mason were sent to Backlog Prison for the crime of owning too many games. These RP gamers promptly escaped with help from their staff to the internet underground. Today, still drowning in unplayed games, they survive as podcasters with no fortune. If you have a backlog, if no one else can help, well, you've already found them. It's our A-Team of RPG Backlog. RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we're your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan. Um, not with me is my po- podcast partner in crime, Matt Mason. And it sucks because I had a really good partner one, too. He was the, the minotaur to my Theseus. But um, he's had a bunch of storms in Florida and has no internet right now. So um, F in chat for Matt. He, um, th- th- thank you for editing this, buddy. I appreciate it. But yeah, no, no Matt. I do, however, have uh, Backtrack alumni, uh, Philip Willis. <laughs> you were like, what? what's that jerk's name? Oh, gosh, I wrote it down I somewhere rem- on the I back com- of my hand. I was completely blanking on your last name, and I almost said the name from another uh, podcast, another Phil. And it's like, what the hell? That was uh, one hell of a pregnant pause. I know. Salutations, what? felicitations, and welcome to the RPG Backcheck, where we talk about games from the way back when, right up to yesteryear. I am your not host, Phil Willis, a.k.a. JC Servant. And and we also have a Sam Walker with us, <laughs> our, our lovely, um, spicy girl. Oh. I am very, very spicy, and I am ready to get salt and tea. 
And by that, I mean, uh, actually, I have a boner for both these games, so it's fine. <laughs> and at, at some point, we will have a wheels, too, because he wanted to be on this one very much, but he's also got to make sure that toddlers get to sleep. And you know, you know how that goes. Sometimes that takes five minutes. Sometimes that takes a whole evening. But um, he will show up when he shows up. And yes, this is part two of our super giant special. Last time, we talked about Bastion and Transistor, and we decided to you know give about what a six month break give or take and then bring up pyre and hades uh what, what i call the two afterlife games they really are so it's a neat little theme um i i've been chopping at the bit to talk about this one um particularly hades though i do have a lot of love for pyre because i did play that this year um, but Hades was just one of those games that I could not put down. You and everybody who voted it Game of the Year 2020. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sad that Final Fantasy VII Remake got robbed, but I understand. As a you person, don't put, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you don't put Hades down, it puts you down. <laughs> True. But also, I mean, as a person who also loves Final Fantasy VII Remake and who also loves Hades... It's a tough call, but you know what? Supergiant is the only developer in a while, if I'm not mistaken, that's won two Game of the Years at RP Gamer. So that's a testament to how good their games are. And hey, we've also got my uh, second favorite game of 2020 coming up next after this one, too, which was uh, uh, um, 13 Sentinels. I just played that this year. Oh, cool! Um, God, God, I love that game. I, I've I've got such a boner for Vanillaware, um, and I think that's why I like Supergiant so much because it's like an American Vanillaware with their high quality art and character designs. I can see that similarity. For me, it's more you know with with Thirteen Sentinels. It was, I mean, you know me. I'm always Team Himbo, and uh, you know Mr. Yaki Pon there just he wormed. <laughs> his way into my heart and i kind of looked at him and went you're the dumb one okay i'm gonna love you the most i do again i love me a doofy dumb boy which is hilarious because that's the same voice actor as ichiban from like a dragon yep <laughs> i know who's also a big doofy dumb boy um i apparently that's his character because he was also the doofy wolf and rune factory five. Oh god there was like a whole list of games that he played a himbo in so himbo must be his default good to know love this but, guy already but um Team hades, hades has no shortage of himbos and, and pyre not not really any himbos just a lot of really neat characters just yeah there, there, there's no himbos in pyre just a lot of cranks though which i'll take a lot of cranks, a, a doggo, a very enthusiastic fish. Doesn't love we, an enthusiastic fish. So we're we going to take a very brief musical interlude, and when we come back, we're going to just get right into it, break down both games, and stick around.
back to RPG Backtrack, uh, d- diving in to Pyre, which was released on July 29th, 2017 by Supergiant Games. Um, kind of considered the black sheep of their, their lineup, and I really don't understand why, because it was a pretty, it was a pretty fun game with a, a really touching emotional story. Now, Kelly, I can tell you why it's the black sheep. Because it's the Space Jam, um, you know, RPG games. Gotta get on with your Space Jam. Exactly. It's a basketball game, for better or worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Basketball, the RPG. It is no shut up and jam Gaiden, you know, Mm. and... I think that actually is why it's the black sheep because it's it's something where when you realize it's actually a sports game for some people that that's a hard turn off. Uh, personally, I loved it myself as a person who doesn't like sports games. Yeah, but really got into this one. Yeah, I I don't like sports games at all, but this one was so much fun. Yeah, I mean you're you're dealing with stats and you're. Uh, yeah, equipping people and messing with stuff. And, I mean, that was a pretty RPG-y bit. Well, I thought it was good. Well, I mean, think about it. So, in this game, you're taking on the role as a reader, who is essentially the coach, <laughs> right? And even though, like, the souls are trapped in, you know, purgatory, think Space Jam, where you end up in space to play space basketball. You know, you're encountering people who are trapped in purgatory, and the goal is essentially to liberate their souls by playing a rousing game of basketball. And I honestly wouldn't be the least bit surprised if that was the pitch. It's like, what if Space Jam, but the afterlife? I mean... That had to have been the pitch. And if it's not, like, I'm actually going to be a little heartbroken <laughs> um, as a hardcore Space Jam fan. You know, if you want to slam, you got to get with the jam. So, <laughs> uh, but so I reviewed Pyre for the site the year it came out. And um, in terms of Supergiant's catalog, for me, this one kind of holds a special place in my heart because it was so weird. It's one of those games where I always stress to people that one, it is a sports game, set your expectations. And two, it has very challenging controls. You have to set your expectations accordingly because again, it controls like a sports game. And if you don't temper your expectations for those two elements, it can be a very hard game to enjoy. And for me, the disappointing part to hear is that People can't seem to get over the hump for those two things, and they're missing out on like a really fantastic story with really wonderful characters in an interesting world. I mean, I also compare this game a lot to Valkyrie Profile because the way in which you have your character interactions, the way in which you get people's stories, they're done as vignettes. So you're getting bits and pieces of these lost souls, and when you liberate their souls, you're essentially sending them back to the real world which is kind of like sending people to Valhalla. So for me, as a giant Valkyrie profile whore, this game like scratched all the right buttons for me. <laughs> I mean, I picked up on that pretty quick when the whole point of the uh, right uh, ritual, as it were, was to send souls back to the to the uh, main world. It's called the downside, which is essentially purgatory. And from what I from what I understood, that the, the top side was kind of an oppressive government type situation yeah it was called the commonwealth yeah that that's a good indicator right there about kind of how oppressing um it was i mean it's not like they were under liz's rule but you know 
it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, In a lot of ways, like, the world that the characters are in, like, it's already in runes. It's already a mess. And as you're kind of going through the game, you want to kind of redeem these people, but you also have to have that unfortunate conversation with yourself of, well, I like this person, but if I send them up, on one hand, they get the redemption and I get points. On the other hand, I lose out on, like, my best jammer or my best tank or my best whatever. Uh, Making choices in this game for which characters went up was so hard. Oh, God, yes. Because it's like, do do I send the first person up who I don't care about, but I am ass with that character? So I could potentially lose the right to send them, but I want them off my team as soon as possible so I don't have to worry about them anymore. Well, and there's also just the problem of it's it's pretty easy to pigeonhole yourself doing that. I know, like, I definitely did that a few times, and I was like, okay, I don't have enough of this type of character, and now for certain kinds of battles, I'm having a harder time. Like, having a balance on with your three-on-threes is super important in this game, and if you don't have the right balance, it's so easy to get overtaken. Um, I know I had to do a couple battles over and over again, and especially for the battles that have to do with the liberation rights, um, if you fail, like, it's, it's at least doesn't have the problem of, like, it causes a huge stir that changes the world, but it gives you that foreboding feeling when you fail, that it's like, there, there should be and is a consequence here. Um, and that's that's kind of how I felt like anytime I was doing certain battles like if I was failing like oh god this game was mean to you when you failed yeah um, that that announcer has some pretty uh, epic dunks oh yeah <laughs> no I know and you're just like oh my god stop being mean to me <laughs> I'm not good at sports <laughs> and and yeah luckily uh, as far as like the main right I only failed one of those which wasn't that bad um, I finished, I failed a couple because when I was reviewing it, I wanted to make sure I understood what failure meant, mm-hmm. but it was like, oh God. Also just, I can be really bad at tactics because I'm one of those people where sometimes I get pigheaded and I'm like, I got this. I'm going to use brute force to get through it. Um, story of my Dragon Quest career. <laughs> so one way I sort of got around uh, some of the issues with the, the uh, right was I practiced a lot with each character and just tried to get really good at each one of them even the fish one which i was terrible at and that did help me quite a bit the fish one the fish one is the worst i i feel like i only learned how to use him like right as i was sending him up but he, he was so tricky because his little tackle his spirit move his tackle went behind him instead of in front of him yeah so you kind of had to think in reverse yeah, I mean, depending on, like, what the special skill was for each character, yeah, sometimes it was pretty, pretty rough. I will say, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, because it's, it's been a while since I've played it, I feel like some of the characters had, like, race-specific things that they could do in battle, um, like, or based on their team or something, and I, again, I could be off on this, but I'm, like, trying to go through it, and I'm like, oh, man, like... I know there was like special moves and stuff like that. Um, like, like the harpy character, I noticed was very focused on movement, but not very strong when it came to doing the tackles. Um, okay. Kitra, 
contrasted with the demon character who was very much a brick wall but could not run for the life of her but it didn't matter oh uh wreck stuff jordan real that's who you're thinking of the one who couldn't move to save her life mm-hmm. but she was a brick shit house yeah yeah again that's why I, I, I remember I did a lot of mixed mind. Like, when I sent her up, I sent her up towards, I want to say, like, halfway through the game. And I was so pissed with myself for doing that because she was one of my best. Um, I was so mad at myself. And it is one of those things, too, where on one hand, yeah, you can send people up and hope for the best, depending on how they're liberated. And, I mean, everybody gets their own unique ending in this game based on how you handled, you know, the liberation rage, which I thought was really, really cool. I ended up saving Jordariel as one of the last ones that I sent up um, because I figured if all else failed, I could just use her to basically curb stomp everyone and then maybe pass the the flame to somebody that was a lot quicker that it could at least get it to the fire yeah so the one that i did that with was headwind um i never sent headwind up because headwind is so well-rounded um that i found myself just kind of being really clingy Mm. with with him it was like no 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 like as much as you know and it's funny because like I'm reading the endings just out of curiosity because I didn't send him. And it's like, damn, if he's liberated, he does a lot of interesting stuff. And since I chose not to do that, it's like I got the more romantic ending uh, for Hedwin, which I just, I loved Hedwin. Hedwin was a sassy, sassy prick. <laughs> See, I didn't get a lot of time with him because he was literally one of the first people I sent up. That's And that's it. Like everybody's kind of, you know, unique. And, like, I love, like, the little, I want to, it's a worm, Sir Gilman. I loved Sir Gilman the worm. I thought he was the cutest. Um, And he was one of the ones that, yes, I sent up, but I sent him up towards the end because I, I used him quite a bit. I was like, I like the worm because he's adorable. Uh, so, I mean, Sir Gilman was a really funny character, especially when he would talk very loudly. Um, yeah. When he get, got excited. For me, he was just one of the worst ones to try to control. Oh, no, he absolutely sucked to control. (laughs) And, I mean, that's one of the big issues with this game, in all fairness, is that the controls have such a learning curve to them because everybody plays so differently. And because you're kind of jumping back and forth between your three playable characters, it's almost like you have to kind of... You still have, like, a basic sense of the control, but each one has their own little perks and failures... (laughs) That you then have to quickly adapt to on the fly again. <laughs> yep. And that's yeah, how you so look at their kind of going, oh my god, no, I don't want to send this person up because I know how to use them really well and I, I, I just, I can't. <laughs> I, I step away for a minute. Do we, do we move, do we, were we talking about the gameplay? Are we moving on to that or? Kind of a bit of both. Cause... Yeah. Because I, yeah, the, the, so the, 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 did, did you talk about what exactly is the gameplay? What is the sport? Basketball. We, yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit exactly what the mechanics are here, right? Because you got, three characters on your side, three on their side, but it's not exactly like most basketball games that you'll play like on the SNES, right? Like, like jam, whatever it was called, uh, hot jam, or I don't oh, know. Was that jam. Shut up a jam. NBA jam. Right. You tell him I love sports games as much as you do, which is to say not very much. And so, uh, in those games, you might have three on three, four on four, but everyone's moving at the same time and you're passing a ball to an AI person. Then maybe you take over the AI person. Once he gets the ball here, your other teammates stand completely still, right? Mm-hmm. While you're not controlling them. You have control of one character at a time, from, from what I recall. 
right? Pretty sure. And you just kind of move, you kind of move with the one until you throw the ball at another one, if you have control of the ball. And, and, and if you're on defense, you can still, you can still switch between the characters in manner speaking, um, and position them in a way that you feel is advantageous to try to defend your goal uh, and try to get the ball from the other guy. And you've got a guy who's very small and very fast. You've got a guy who's very big and very slow. And then you got the guy in the middle, right? And and I think, obviously, if the, the little guy runs into the enemy's big guy, someone's going to lose control of the ball if he has it. And, and bear in mind, when you zap somebody with your aura, um, they don't come back right away. There's... Uh, could be up to i want to say a 30 second cooldown for them to come back if they do what if what happens to them if you zap them with your aura if you zap another team's opponent with your aura. right right there was zapping so, so you know i would pretty much try to leeward jenkins the the fire into the uh, fire and get zapped two times and be like where are my other dudes oh i'm the only one here um luckily i got smart and tried to equip a bunch of items that would give uh give points to my pyre if i got it into their pyre Mm -hmm. Um, i always tried to keep at least one person equipped with that at all times um i also equipped a lot of items that reduce the cooldown of how how long that they would be basically out of the game mm-hmm. which help a lot too um because because that's one interesting bit about the gameplay is that you're going around the world map in this game and they kind of ask you what you want to do at various points like do you want to search for treasure do you want to train or do you want to read more from the book um See, so kind of got to pace out your time a little bit. Like, okay, I I need to train with some of these characters so they will level up quickly. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you also have to have them at a certain level before they can ascend? I don't remember. I I feel like I I played this in June, and I'm still having trouble remembering some mechanics. Yeah, and I play this. Gosh, was it? Did it originally come on PlayStation Three? Because I have it on console. Might be on the four. I had a list of everything. But re- regardless, I played it years ago and Pyre. on the console. Pyre was only Windows, Mac, Linux, and PS4. PS4. Okay, so it was probably pretty early in the PS4 <laughs> life cycle. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, tons of fun. But yeah, I, I do believe that you had to have them at a certain level before they could ascend. So you definitely. Encouraged to try to train everyone. Equal. Yep. Um, oh, oh, so they did have to be at a level to assess. Yeah. Okay. The um, game was very big about trying to get you to use everybody. So it was kind of hard to ignore characters. Um, like the game, the game was really, really good about being like, no, I know you don't like this character, but you still need to use them. And if you get them to the right spot, then you can just send them up. Uh-huh. So... Because yeah. I was talking about, I was talking about managing your time on the world map, and I said that it gave you the option to hunt for treasure, or train, or read the book. What did reading the book do? Oh my god, I can't remember. I think that I think it might have given you abilities for your coaching skills. I believe that was part of it, and it could also give you bits of like the world's lore. Yeah. Like yeah. So basically, I literally just saw this in my old review. Um, yeah. So the book is for. Uh, assistance before rights, being able to forge for resources or tutoring uh, or private study for characters to expand uh, their skill set. Um, but it also gives you knowledge for the lore of the game. Yeah, because that, that was the other thing is I, I would get so sucked into that book reading the different lore pages. Yeah. Um, I, I like the presentation of the book and how colorful it was. 
Well, I mean, it's super giant. Super giant's biggest skill is is their graphics. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, they they know how to present a game and make it look good. And even for a game as depressing in concept as Pyre, um, I mean, it's it's not a dull looking game, like color palette wise. Lots of purple, blues, pinks, orange. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's color. There's pops of color everywhere. If if I remember correctly, the world map looked looked a little bit more stained glass than a world map. It was. Um, so, so everything just kind of popped out and it didn't, it, it didn't look as dreary as the game made it out to be like you just said. Yeah, no, it's again, the presentation sucks you in. And again, as much as, as we joke about it being basketball, the game does a great job of sucking you in and going, I know we're, we're tricking you into playing basketball, but also love our presentation and our music because we're going to make sure that Playing basketball is going to be a lot of fun. Um, anytime you got a new character, could you not wait to get into the caravan so that you could see what their thing was in the caravan? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love games where you have a, a place that you can click on different things and see what it does. And I thought I read something about if you put out the candles every time something happened, but I could never get anything to happen. Hmm, I'm trying to remember. But yeah, I just, I love seeing each person's little object. Like I said, it was a fun cast of characters given uh, how much time you spend with each. Mm-hmm. And again, that was totally your choice. Like, I do appreciate that this is one of those games where you can kind of set the precedent for how much information you want to learn about somebody or how little you want. That's where it does kind of differ from Valkyrie Profile, because Valkyrie Profile, obviously, you're getting the full story of a person's life, whereas here, you kind of still have to bond with the characters in some way to unlock more bits of their story or unlock more bits of their relationships. Mm -hmm. And one thing I wanted to find out from each character in their profile, and one thing I tried to make a point to find out was why they got uh, cast into the downside. Yes, absolutely. And a lot um, of them had pretty heartbreaking reasons. Mm-hmm. I, God, R- Rookie had one that was pre- that was pretty heartbreaking when I got to it too. I think it was just selling stuff to survive. Yeah, uh, that's how he got cast down. It's like, man, that the world above sucks. Uh, and that's it. Like the game doesn't shy away from the fact that on one hand these people are trapped in purgatory, but on the other hand, sending them back to the Commonwealth doesn't guarantee that they're going to have a better life. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. That's the dilemma in Pyre in a lot of ways, because you as the player get to make that choice. You get to decide whether or not somebody has to possibly go back to a really shitty situation or not. Yeah, it really shows their their writing chops, right? This could have this this game and concept worked a lot better than I think a lot of people expected by just looking at it. And they could have they could have put made it into a roguelike with little story or done something like dialed in, you know, some of those elements. But no, like they they tend to do. The writing is really, really great here. It makes you think. And then uh, spoiling the end of the game, but basically at the end of the game, you find out that the rights are no longer able to happen. I, I think because of the stars going out. Yep. And, and it's like, okay, this last person you're sending up, it's it's a pretty bittersweet sending, all things considered, because the rest of them are pretty much condemned for the rest of eternity. Yeah. 
and it, it's kind of a downer ending but you get to see like you said you get to see what every character did at the end and um that way you can p- play through the game again and see okay well what happens if i send these people up? yeah um, exactly like again some people get you know really depressing endings and some people they they sometimes get they get karma some of them get absolute karma for the things that they did in their past life some of them actually get to have a better life um and it it really does vary from character to character um what you get and the fact that everybody has at least i think it's like two to three different endings um i think also makes clever writing as well for this game because i like the idea that there is still an ending if for the person you didn't send right just as much as for the ones that you do send again i love it's it's tough decision making in pyre and that that is part of the fun and part of the hair ripping that comes with the game. Yeah, and it's a great game to play. Just know that it's not a, a charming, happy story. That it's it's a little bit of a bittersweet story, but a good story. Of course, I, I played this right after Elden Ring, so I was already in a bit, bit of a downer um, anyway. But and, and the nice thing is that it's also a short game. Like I think I only finished it within a give or take. Um, I remember it didn't take that long. Nah. You'll, you'll blow through all the rights. And, like, it goes on sale all the time. So if you are curious about it, you can probably get it at a really good price point, even just to give it a whirl. I, I believe it's on sale right now on PSN. Um, there you go. So, funnily enough, sorry, Josh did say, because he was trying to play this for the backtrack, he did say that Pyre was one of the few ga- uh, super giant games that did not work on the Steam Deck. Yeah. I'm not surprised given the, the control setup. I feel like I, remapping the controls for the Steam Deck would be awful. I am not surprised either. It is $20 on Steam, but regularly goes on 75% discount for bringing it down to a whopping $5. In fact, it just came off of a sale uh, last week, so it probably won't go on sale for a little bit again, but you can always add that to your wish list if you want to wait for that. Yeah, I, I think I bought it on sale at the very beginning of the year for like 6 bucks because um, I knew that I was going to play it for the show. Um, is that all we have to say about Pyre? Because I think I do want to take a quick musical break and then we can just dive in with Hades. Yeah, no, just a uh, just a very. I know we didn't talk a lot about, it, but it's one of those. It's one of those things that uh, that's very short, but a really, really great use of your time, right? We we, we talk about it on my stream all the time about you know how long these RPGs have become, and uh, and and sometimes it, it doesn't bother me an RPG is long as long as it's an extremely you know fun journey throughout, and, and and there's a lot of you know good writing and stuff. It feels like unfortunately. Or in a lot of games that they take 40 hours of content and good writing and they stretch out to 100. You don't get anything like that with Pyre. You get really great writing throughout the entire shorter experience and gameplay that's that's gives that that's super fun. And honestly, uh, you know, I had to peel myself away because it was pretty addictive. So I think I, I, for $5, it's, it's a no-brainer. For $20, I can see some people going, uh, you know, those people who are very much into the whole dollar an hour trade-off, you know, argument, yeah. I can see them being a bit hesitant. And, and that's, you know, if that's, if that's you know, your standard, that's fair. But, uh, you know, for me, it, it was definitely worth the $20. And it's super, it's a no-brainer at five. Yeah. And you know what? It's, oh. Supergiant has this magical ability with their games where there's no padding in them. Mm-mm. Like, they are a complete experience from start to finish. 
And if you want to extend your time in them, you can, but the game does not force you, like any other games, force you into a situation where you have to extend that time. Um, so yeah, when it comes to dollar per value, like Supergiant continues to amaze me with just how like packed their games are. Oh, and then talking about extending the time because you, you can't put it down. That That's Hades in a nutshell. Hmm. But that's another conversation. Yeah, let's let's take a brief musical interlude. Um, there's going to be two parts to the main event this time around, and we'll be right back, and we'll just dive in with Hades. Back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now chomping at the bit to get into the our RP Gamer Game of the Year 2020. Robbed it from Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I, if there was any game that I think deserved it over it, I think it was this. Hades. God, everybody freaking liked that game this year. Wasn't it the Game Awards Game of the Year, too? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so it was in early access um, in 2018 and officially came out on September 17th, 2020. Pretty much just came out of early access and then got put on Steam, Xbox, Switch. Uh, wow, it's even on PS5. I didn't realize it was ported yet. Uh, so, so yeah, pretty much all of the current consoles. Uh, the whole world loved it, played it. I couldn't get enough of it. I know you guys couldn't get enough of it. Nope. Uh, <laughs> So Hades is a roguelike and one of the best roguelikes I've ever played because, I mean, granted, I played with God Mode, which uh, makes you resistant to damage, but it's one of the roguelikes that let me feel like I was slowly getting better. I want to marry Zagreus, but that's just me. <laughs> Don't tell <laughs> oh, my it's, husband. Well, it's the perfect game because it has husbandos and waifus. It's, okay. it's it's got the perfect, like, the, the himbos. Right. And, and all of that is super important, but I think it's the first thing that's done, not really stun people because you knew where it was coming from, but, I mean, the biggest thing that jumped out right away was, oh, my gosh, a roguelike can have excellent writing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. OMG, it can have a story. How is that even possible? Did they bend the laws not, of physics? Not only can it have a story, but the fact that it's a roguelike can be yeah. a central element of the story. <laughs> wow. People's yeah, heads fight. exploded. You're fighting your way out of hell, and you don't always win when you fight your way out of hell. Can we also talk about, about the fact that it's also an incredibly accessible roguelike? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, hate roguelikes. Every fiber of my being, I hate them. I love this game. I, I like roguelikes if they give me something to help me compensate for my suck. Because, you know... I'm not very good at more twitchy games that particularly the roguelikes. And in the case of like Rogue Legacy, they, they gave me plenty of options so that I eventually got better and better. Yeah. Enter the Gungeon, not so much. Ew. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one's rough. Well, I mean, Rogue Legacy and Hades weirdly do have a lot in common in terms of like the amount of accessibility they they both have for helping the player get 
better. Mm-hmm. Like they're games where it's like, we don't actually want you to fail, but we want you to learn and try again and fail harder and learn from said failure and fail harder again. And at no point in either game did I ever feel like, you know, I wasn't getting it or it wasn't clicking, which is always one of my big issues with more traditional roguelikes. Yeah, m- most of my failure in Hades was because I just wasn't good enough. It, it wasn't because I had zigged when I should have zagged or when or I didn't feel like that I was strong enough to beat the bosses. It is because I got too big for my britches and just oh, yeah. couldn't do it. Um, that was part of why I hated Enter the Gungeon because so much of it was oh, based yeah. on skill. Um, there's way too many cheap cheap shots and cheap deaths and i i hate that in games uh, well enter the gungeon is incredibly unforgiving and, and that one pissed me off i wanted to like that one so much but it's I got such a good it. style but it just... i know it, and it seems so fun but they don't really give you a whole lot of tools other than mm-hmm. get good and yeah i'll get good but help me get good uh, um but to, to going back to the story idea, I mean, there's other, ro- I mean, uh, there's a number of other roguelikes that have stories and they'll integrate the idea of why you're doing different runs. You know, I mean, Dead Cells does that. A lot of them do it. But outside of possibly, I'm going off the top of my head here, Children of Morda, I, I don't know of anyone that it, that attempts to do a story that's this deep and then in turn does it much better than Children of Morda and does it just so well. Just phenomenal. And with really good voice actors, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, t- top-notch voice acting. So, yeah, pretty much the whole point is that you're crawling out of hell and uh, y- your un- aunts and uncles up in Olympus are trying to help you because for some reason they don't like Hades. So a- as you're going going up through hell, you're get- getting different blessings from them that, uh, you know, like add lightning to your attacks or add a ice turret uh, when you do a dash or give you healing or let you stun enemies. Um, if, if you know your Greek gods, you know, pretty much know what kind of bo- boons you're going to get from each god. Um, I, God, not hate Mar- Which one is Mars? I, I know the Roman one, but I can't remember. Ares. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Like, Ares are very violent boons um, that have bleed effects. Uh, Dionysus is very drunken-themed boons that cause dizziness. You know, it, it's really neat, neat stuff, and you kind of end up picking your favorite god and hoping that you get them. But then the game encourages you to do multiples because you get there's like an end-game achievement system that's like, oh, get all these blessings from all these gods. Well, and it's easy to have favorites, but again, it's randomized what you get. So mm-hmm. especially like as soon as you're you're doing your starting loadout, your first boon is going to be completely randomized. So you kind of have to get good with all of them to yep. an extent because it may take a, a couple rooms before you get like another one that might be very different. Um, like I'm Team Athena. Um, Athena's boons are all my favorite. And if I can get her, um, I definitely stack a lot of her boons. Um, I also like Ares a lot as well. And I'm also a big fan of Zeus's boons. Um, But there are a couple where it's like, if I see them, I tend to be like, oh, I don't like these as much. But like, if your choice is between the stuff you don't like, well, then you got to try to figure out which is the best of the worst, in my opinion. And the yeah. thing about this game is all of the boons are super interesting. They're all very flexible. So it's just a question of your play style in some cases. Yeah. And a lot of times it could, you could 
get a boon and be like, oh, well, that didn't work out very well for me. But then maybe with a different weapon, you can be, well, you know, maybe this will work better with this weapon. And there's just a lot of, like, experimentation. So I really like that they kind of, they don't let you just go with the gods you like. They kind of force you to try out all of them. Exactly. It wants you to experiment. Yeah. The game is basically saying you don't have a choice. Oh, I, I love be, being able to experiment with the different loadouts and stuff. And, and nothing feels better than having a loadout that you just click with. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Decimating stuff and actually making progress. And then, in my case, hit, hit a brick wall at some point, uh, Minotaur. That was, that's my brick wall. But, but then they also throw curveballs at you, like d- double boons, where you have to pick between two gods and you're going to piss off the other one. But then yep. if you finish the other one's challenge, they, they give you one too. Yep. Yeah, I kind of like those rooms, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I like those I rooms too. too because, you know, it's like, okay, I can take on this challenge and, oh, hey, two free boons. Uh, they also give you Charon. Uh, in the dungeon so that he he can sell you stuff like additional boons or health or whatever. And then they throw the curveball where you can accidentally steal from him and he will push your shit in. If you steal from him, uh, that that was one of the funniest things in the game that I encountered. I never did that. I'm going to have to try that. Okay. If you see a pile of gold in front of Charon and you automatically try to get it, um, and and Zagreus even says this. He's like, "Oh, sorry, it was kind of a habit." And then, yeah, Charon will kick your ass. Cyril uh, uh, says, "Why buy things from Charon when you can just steal his money? Nothing bad happens if you do that. Nothing at <laughs> all." <laughs> so, so yeah, and and then you meet uh, different NPCs in the dungeon, like Sisyphus, who g- gives you stuff. And I, I'm blanking on the other names. There's Thanatos, who also wants to oh. snap you sometimes. Oh yes, he mm-hmm. he'll give you stuff and beat me, and I give you stuff. But also, if you fuck up, well, you have to look at my beautiful face as I'm punching it, punching you repeatedly. And it's like, oh. okay, you can you can hit me anytime, boo. There's the chaos realm where they'll give you a handicap for a couple of rooms, but if you overcome the handicap, then you can get some pretty powerful skills. Like a, a handicap, just an example. Like you can't use your uh, AOE button yeah. for a certain number of rooms, or you get hurt and that kind of stuff. And th- there, you got to figure out, okay, well, what handicap should I take, and is this going to give me a benefit? And most of the time, yeah, they give you a really good benefit. Yeah. God, who else do you run into? I've got the list of um. There's the well. There's the prisoners. When you're you're uh, going through different areas, you'll meet different prisoners who all serve Hades, and you can basically attempt to save them uh, in different scenarios. Where like there's the the one that sings, and you can bring them back to um, the house of Hades. Um, there's also the the guy who has the boulder attached to his leg, and I can't remember what his name is. But like he's like a he looks like a construction worker and the name is not coming to me. I think that's Sisyphus. May I think maybe you're right. Um, but again, like if you meet him, for example, he'll heal you, or you can, I believe, get items from him or food. So when you encounter somebody in a, a in a safe room, they usually will give you something to kind of compensate for the fact that the next room you're going to will likely kick your ass. Um, P- Patroclus, who you meet in Elysium, uh, who apparently was Achilles' uh, romantic partner. I didn't know that until I read it on the wiki just then. Um, he he gives you some. So that, I mean, that's a, there's lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
to encounter and the kind of rewards that you get for doing some of the more difficult elements of the game are plentiful. So it's it's worth it to just try them. I mean, I also like the effect that some of the bosses change yes. throughout your run as well. Like, I'm now at the stage in the game where Megara doesn't pop up anymore as the first person. It's now Electo. And, like, Electo's crazy and Megara's just over it. Have I'm you, like, no, I like, I like Megara. Have you had to fight all three of them at once? I got that once and I okay. cried. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I it's, cried uh, and was like, just, just, just take me down. I can't do this. It's a little brutal. <laughs> I, I love Zagreus's comments on that. I was like, okay, are you the crazy one, the sad one, or the normal one? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> his, his commentary in this entire game is what makes this game so great because he's so yeah. dry and sarcastic, but it works so well with his character. I love him. <laughs> Oh, and that's on top of the fact that, like, especially, like, when you beat Meg, you gotta love, like, when he finds her in the house of Hades and she's just drunk and unhappy. <laughs> and she's just like, go away. And he's like, oh, but we had a good time. Like, this has been fun. And she's like, please go away. It's like, I just want to be in my feelings right now. Like, the, the, the writing is just so good. I mean, the characters just feel so alive. It's just so sublime. I honestly Absolutely. think this is the this is the best writing of their entire series. I can agree with that. And that's a pretty darn good bar. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you got Transistor that made me cry, and you got Bastion that gave me the and Pyre that gave me the feels. But this one just seems like it topped it all. Well, this is the one that feels like it's taken all three of the previous games and taken different elements from each to kind of craft something that is for everyone in a weird way. Like I would argue Hades probably is their most accessible game because you literally can pick up and play. And it's something where, you know, again, you don't have to be good at it to have fun. Pyre has the problem where you do actually need to be kind of good at it to have a lot of fun. Because again, those controls are their own thing. Transistor has the problem where either the combat, you either jive with it or you don't. And a lot of people, from what I know, and I even think back to the backtrack we had on it, the combat is a huge part of why Transistor fails in some cases. And then you have Bastion, which kind of marries storytelling and world building with really interesting gameplay. But Hades just kind of elevates all of the previous games by just taking those bits and saying, you know what, we can mash this together and create something that anyone can play and anyone can have fun with. And I think that's why this game has so much success, why it's so easy to recommend to people. Mm. You don't have to like roguelikes to like Hades. You don't have to like RPGs to enjoy Hades. And I I think this is a really smart use of like what they're good at because they can do like a lot. And I mean, like beyond a lot with not necessarily a massive amount of like assets and things like that. And they could really hone in on perfecting the gameplay and And, and... make a really long experience without, you know, necessarily killing themselves trying to make a really long experience. And I, I think that this is the best that their art has ever done. Yes. I, oh my god, I, yes. I, 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 I was sitting there playing it on my Switch and seeing the character portrait and just staring at them. And it's like, I want to try that art style where you, you've got the really co- colorful backlighting on each character. And it just beautifully illustrated. The areas themselves are beautifully illustrated. Um, and they have a lot of personality, too. Like, 
My, my favorite area is the Colosseum because everybody's rooting for Theseus and the Benatar, but there's one little dude in the corner that's rooting for you. And if yeah. you go up to him, uh, Zagreus says something to him each time. It's different each time. It's like, thanks for rooting for me, buddy. Or that one was for you. Elysium looks like a watercolor painting. Mm-hmm. Like there is something really calming about exploring Elysium. And yet at the same time, it's that it's calming, but everything wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah, Elysium is where it gets a little nerve-wracking, particularly when you get those butterflies. Whereas, like, the other areas are more obvious in their intention. Like, mm. the, the fire area is very, don't step in the fire, because fire hurts. And Tartarus, I mean, is, it's Tartarus. Like, it's just one of those places where it's you expect sad doom and gloom and that's exactly what it is everyone's sad in tartarus including meg it's always meg and and then you've got the final area after elysium the caves which god i i would dread every time i would go through because all the characters in that cast poison all the enemies cast and i've had so many runs end because of getting getting poisoned because of the chaos i mean you're in these cramped caves there's poison everywhere and oh my god that that area is so miserable Yeah, no, no, like, don't stand in the boo. But it's rewarding when you get through and you you get to give your favorite doggo a bag of something that he eats. So that's a plus. Um, So have we talked about the kind of various upgrades you can get? We'll talk about the weapons. There's, what, five, six weapons? Yeah, you you have your sword, your shield, Peter, your spear, and your bow. And they all play differently. Oh, they they play so differently, and you're encouraged to try them all. And And they each have different forms, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They play very differently. So you can upgrade them into the different forms to fit fit your play style. Um, The boons they get are all very different. Um, Like for the repeater, they give you a a short-range shotgun burst, but it's a lot more powerful, though I tend to skip that boon because I like to have as much distance as I can between the characters. And uh, were there gauntlets? Oh, the fists, yes. I love the fists. I forgot about the fists. Um, The fists just turns you into a rapid punching machine. I have a soft spot for the fists and the Captain America shield. <laughs> the shield is, yeah. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't think a shield could be such an effective weapon, but, but Captain America uses it. Well, that's it. The game literally rips off Captain America in all the right ways mm. for how that shield works. And my God, has it gotten me out of so many pickles just being able to throw it and let it ricochet off of things. Or she's mm-hmm. like, okay, now I need to dash because, oh God, everything's trying to hit me. And shield, click, click, yeah, click. I oh, think they're the dead. shield was how I got the first clear, like with the second form where you can actually throw it out, but actually keep, actually somehow still have a shield where you can block with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can like throw it out there and let it bounce around, do damage and like sit in a corner and block. Yeah, I did the really nice. <laughs> The block, I, I somehow got a thing where that was a block charge where you'd sit there and block, but then you charge up a dash. And I got pretty far using that. But my favorite weapon actually ended up being the repeater because uh, so I have a hoary pad that um, lets me do rapid fire. And because I was using that, it was pretty much giving me infinite ammo. So I didn't just have, have to worry about stopping and reloading every five minutes. So I, I just sit there being like Rambo shooting everything in the area. And then later on getting like like homing 
which I can't remember which one did that. But, oh my god, that was just so much fun. And then getting the AoE where you're firing into the air and, and making stuff rain from the sky. Um, especially, like, the, the little the rockets that shoot. Oh, the, the repeater is so awesome. I love that weapon. I don't think I've gotten that far yet. Like, I've, oh. I've only maybe put 15 hours into the game so far. And, again, it's mostly just because I really suck at it. So I haven't been always, like, unlocking all the weapons. Because I'd be like, but I could also use my... My keys for, you know, extra perks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the repeater yet, believe it or not, because I kind of went, I would like to die less. Put all the keys into not dying. <laughs> yeah, so, so you sp- you spend your shadows. At least I like to spend the my shadows. shadows. Keys, yeah. Um, the, f- the first thing that I, I definitely bought was the, the, like, what, the three lives they give you yeah. so that you can fall in battle at least yep. three times, um, which was a godsend. And then give, giving you more health to help mitigate some of that stuff, too. Um, that's the kind of giving me compensation for sucking that I'm talking about. It's like, okay, I know I'm I'm still learning this, but being able to die a couple of times at least gives, gives me a safety net while I'm learning. Yeah, and that's, and that's what we call the light formula. There's a number of games that, roguelike games, that every time you you know you succeed or fail a run there's usually some sort of currency or something that you can use to buy upgrades that are permanent on your future runs to give you a little bit of a leg up Uh, but here they feel pretty substantial probably more so than some other games i played and then you've got god mode or what what is it called god mode or what's it called the mode that you god mode um gives you resistance to damage which you know a lot of people think that the god mode is cheating but they don't read what it does it just helps you get better faster so that you know once again the compensation for the suck okay maybe you're not you're still having trouble well that now you'll be able to take less damage so that you can figure it out quicker yeah i think it's i think it's a uh, incremental like pretty incremental if i recall correctly it's like one percent extra resistance per per run mm-hmm. so i mean you'd have to fail like 100 runs before you even have 100 percent increased resistance whatever that means i don't think it means 100 percent invulnerability I think it means your resistances are increased by 100, but um, regardless, it's it's not like it's an instant I win button. But the yeah, uh-huh. the more you play, the the, the yeah, it's it's gonna have to help you clear things. And I'm a fan of that, like to you know, like how can you learn to get better at the later game stuff if you can't get to later game stuff? Though mm-hmm. so I have heard of people that farm the damn it, the god mode, which hey, you do you, but. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just play the game and have it farm itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice to have options. Use them mm-hmm. however you like. Yeah. However you like. And and you could play it more like a true yeah true uh, roguelike, which doesn't give you permanent progressions by simply not buying the permanent progression. <laughs> so you can go for a true rogue feeling if you so desire. I would not do that though. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, other than our good friend Chaos, who's in my chat right now, who's like, ah, that game's super easy. I cleared it on my first attempt. Um, most of us are human, and we're not even close to doing a clear just on a couple of clears. And they have harder. Like, and for you people who want more challenge, it gets harder because, yeah, of course, yeah. they have you know, forget what they're called, but Heat. higher levels heats. Yes, uh, and the one I like to play on, which I've beaten, but it's not easy, is Extreme Measures. So each each uh, stack that you put on changes the bosses to be harder. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they're like a completely different fight. It's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> does, does- 
doesn't it put Perseus on, or I'm sorry, Theseus on a chariot? Yes. <laughs> I I really don't find the game to be a, a, a slouch. Not that I'm exactly the world's greatest gaming expert, but Mr. Wheels and I have plenty of Monster Hunter practice, and uh, you know, cleared master ranks and things like that. And boy, I get to the I get to Hades, and it was it was no joke. It was no rollover. No, Hades is a learning experience. So I'm I'm looking at all the Daedalus Hammer upgrades right now, which give you the the temporary thing that changes your weapon. And there are so many of these that, like my, my God, just gives you just so many different options to, that affect your playstyle. Yeah, in different ways, and I love it. It can completely change your run. Not always for the better. If it's like a weird change, but yeah, they're like, pretty cool. Oh, oh, oh my god, here's one that's OP for the uh, fists. Whenever your special slays foes, you restore two percent life. That's a godsend because trying to get your yeah. life restored could be such a pain, especially <laughs> in the later levels. Oh, what are, what are some of the other OP ones? Like the, on the sword. I mean, obviously, there's one that gives you more attack power and stuff like that. But then you get the the dash strike, which I. I abused the crap out of the dash strike. I'm surprised I didn't break my wrist. I, I would just press BA so much. <laughs> um, th- there's another one for the sword, the curse slash that the, your attack restores uh, to health, but um, it, it reduces your health by 60%. So r- risk reward. Um, so, so many different options. Um, and, and then you get into the kind of sort of dating aspect of the game where you can give characters uh, nectar to get to know them better. And after that, they give you keepsakes. And each of the keepsakes uh, do different things, too. Uh, I'm, I, I've been dating Skelly. <laughs> to be fair, like, Skelly's keepsake is one of the best, especially for someone like me who is kind of messy playing this game. Oh, yeah, the automatically restore your life. Yeah, yep, 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 nope. That has not really come off. The only other one I've tried uh, is the one that Cerberus gives you, which I've also found kind of handy. I feel like there's obviously better choices, and I suppose I should start giving my nectar to other people, but right now I'm just like, no, I like Skelly. Dusa <laughs> um, of... is also another cool character. I love Dusa! Dusa's adorable! Yeah. Um. Many of the keepsakes from the gods uh, help you find their boons faster, which is great for if you're trying to get a specific one to finish that achievement. And I think later on you get the ability to equip two of once. Biffy. Um, I used Thanatos' butterfly quite a bit because that restored health for each uh, encounter you equip without taking damage. Which is pretty handy. And yes, Cerberus is also pretty handy because you always need more health. Always. Always. Oh, and yeah, just dating all the different characters, the uh the different dialogue you get would be so cute, especially Dusa. Dusa's such a cute character. Said I, I just I like all of the characters in this game. This is one of the few cases where just everybody's kind of a lot of fun and i like the way in which the game interprets each god like it's still very much like the heart of each god but just i like the way that like they just jab the personality in a lot of them (laughs) (laughs) like especially um like i think of like aries in particular or my god poseidon poseidon feels more flamboyant this game (laughs) for me than i would have guessed poseidon to be and like oh just just I love everybody. D- Dionysus is one big hippie. He even 
sounds like one when you piss him off in the God yeah. Challenges. Like, man, why you got to be such a drag? And then you be like, okay, okay, I was just kidding, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. It's just, just again, everyone is just so much fun. I. <sighs> I feel like I can't coherently talk about this game because I just spend a lot of it squealing over how adorable all the characters are. <laughs> it's like, I'm yeah. doing battles, but also I don't mind dying because I want to go back and talk to somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I went into this game thinking like, man, there's been so many games with like the Greek deities. I'm kind of sick of this and came out of it and was like, man, these gods are the best. I yeah. <laughs> there's also one thing I like just kind of in the background, like all the little ghosts are doing different things like cooking mm. and like cleaning. And I, I love a game that does that because the only other game I've played recently where that was the case was actually the new Ninja Turtles. Where just oh, yeah. you see the foot oh, yeah. soldiers in the background like taking money at the cash register. <laughs> and I love that. I love that because it's such a nice little touch in a way where it's just, yes, it's background nonsense. But again, it, it makes the world feel very full. I, I think my favorite little story touch is the, the fact that one of the reasons why Zagreus wants to leave is because Hades wants to chain him to a desk and do paperwork I mean, that's a cruel thing to want somebody to do. It's a very cruel thing. I I mean, you think about hell being all fire and brimstone, but like, no, it's just endless paperwork. And when you get the key to the office where you see this little uh, background story, it's comical, but also kind of sad. Yeah. And then, then, yeah, you get the key to the back room and Zachary just says, good job, team. Um, to the, to all the poor saps chained to the desk. It's funny. I I love it. Um, I I also even though some would say it was kind of a waste of good resources, but I like I liked being able to redecorate uh all the different areas in the um in in the main keep, like like switching out the rugs and stuff, and <laughs> then Hades making a comment about how gaudy they are. I know Hades is just a douche. <laughs> he, he really is. He. But I love he, him too. <laughs> he's just like oh little boy's trying to leave well about that swat <laughs> Cerberus has important work to do I trust that you not bother him you know, stuck behind a desk he, he's so cranky and then you make the mistake of giving him a nectar before yeah. you can actually give him nectar by the way uh. gets all pissy with you I, I will tell you it was pretty satisfying to smack him in the face yeah uh- I can see that. <laughs> Mike, get there. Mike, did you pl- do you you play the Dark uh, Dead Cells? Oh yeah. And how would you how would you say you know they're obviously one's isometric, the other one's more of a two D plane, but they're both you know roguelikes, and they're both uh, have a you know, reputation for their combat systems. And in just terms of overall quality enjoyment, how do these two stack up in your eyes? Uh, Hades is definitely a good deal above Dead Cells. What, why do you feel that way? Um. I just think some of the boss encounters and some of the enemies in general are really frustrating in Dead Cells, and it doesn't have anybody to talk to. It does have all this. Is this is there is that? Yeah. No, the story absolutely just hands down. You definitely have a, a, a the, the yeah a whole different atmosphere here. I think it had a much broader appeal just because of that alone, without even talking about the gameplay. But yeah. No, absolutely. We usually make no bones about spoiling, but since Sam hasn't played it, I really can't talk about the ending. (laughs) You can spoil it. I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, 
I'll do you one better because I should head off soon. Okay, don't before go. before you head off, let me ask all of you, the panel, what did you think of the soundtrack? I don't think we talked oh, about that. Gorge. Oh my god, it's one of the most amazing soundtracks. Right. Gorge. Both. Before before I leave them, I'm just gonna say Especially the end credit song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard that because I do have the soundtrack. <laughs> I, I like the song when you fight Hades. It's very rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, You'll probably is, hear that song. There's enough butt rock in Hades, and butt rock is the right way to go, honestly. As as a massive fan of butt rock, I'm okay with it. Team butt rock. Butt I, rock I, is I, always the right choice. I, I love <laughs> that stuff. I, I love it in Sonic. I love it here. <laughs> I don't care that we have to call it butt rock. <laughs> It is butt rock. And again, butt rock is great. No one should feel ashamed about using the words butt rock. See, I always hear I always hear it, I always hear it as a derogatory thing. Maybe well, I don't be friends with those people. <laughs> Maybe I misinterpreted. You know what? If they don't like butt rock, they ain't no friends of mine. Oh jeez. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, thank you for sticking around, Sam. It, oh it's my been goodness. A pleasure. No worries. Now you guys can safely talk about the but before I go, let me just say, I'm going to win Megara over at some point. And when I do, you're all going to hear about it. Hey, she's going to bring down those balls eventually. Just keep giving her nectar. Just keep going. Yeah, I'll let y'all run too, because spoilers. Because uh, I have not beaten it yet. And, it's, and with all the good writing and stuff, I would probably want to see that without knowing about it. That's fair. Okay, dokey. Um, are, are we even going to be able to have a round table this time? Oh, okay, I can just mute until you're done. Just okay. text me when you're done. Okay, I'll text you when I'm done. All right, good night, folks. It's good night. Bye. Bye. No wheels, it's just me and you. Okay. So the fr- the first time I met Persephone at the surface, and I had a feeling he was going to die again, just because of what was told to me that beating Hades isn't necessarily the end of the game. Yeah. And, oh my God, talk about heart-wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then you keep going up and up and and having him talk more and more and every time he he starts to fade it's just like no i wish i had more time um did, did you ever get the true ending yes did you not no i did where, okay. where you uh get favor with all the gods and then have a huge party and everybody's cool one big happy oh no family. i did not i did not get so wait not was that, that not the true ending? Well, I mean, I just got the ending where you get the end credits and uh, his mom comes back to Hades with him. Okay, yeah, I got that. I, I at least got that. There was a, yeah. one more ending after that. Where, no, I uh, haven't gotten that one yet. Yeah. So so you just get the mom comes back ending if you beat the game multiple times. Yeah, and what I, what I really like about that is that on that run, you don't have to fight Hades. He just lets you go. Oh, yeah. I, I completely I think that. I think that. that's a really cool moment. But, but yeah, the, the party with all the gods is kind of your little completionist moment for taking the time to get everybody's uh, affection up all the way. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm going to have to work towards that. Yeah. So, very satisfying ending all around. Oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> um, just a very satisfying game all around. Okay, I think we can call Phil back. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, I guess he got out of the call completely. I thought he just muted. There oh. he is. There I'm back. Welcome back, Phil. Um, so, so don't worry, we, we didn't spoil the game. Or maybe we did spoil the game. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, such it. good good writing, and I haven't like stuck with it, unfortunately, because I keep hitting this one boss, and I kind of might have rage quit and uninstalled it. But it was really fun up until then. Is it the Minotaur? <laughs> I don't think I made it to the Minotaur. Oh, because I got I always got stuck at the Minotaur and couldn't get and past it. That's not encouraging me to jump back in. Oh, I actually got stuck in Hades. Um. Do you have the god? Do you have God mode on? I probably need to turn it on. I don't think I do. I mean, it was a while ago. It was like when it first came out. I put like a you know dozen hours or so into it. I really like it, but at the same time, I was kind of getting frustrated with just I could not get past you know that, or I get past her, but then die right after, and then do another run and die on her again or whatever. Yeah, so I think it's like even, the you haven't even gotten to the bone hydra yet, have you? I don't know. Maybe I don't remember. You're asking me stuff from like yeah, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. I just know I didn't get to yeah, I didn't get all that far compared. To, I just certainly didn't get to a minotaur. I think I'd remember minotaur. Minotaurs are cool. Um, my favorite thing about the bone hydra is when Zagreus starts calling him Lerny because his full name is oh god the wiki doesn't the Lernerian hydra and Zagreus just calls him Lerny and from that point on the he calls him Lerny the title is Lerny it says Lerny in the codex <laughs> such an amusing little touch but yeah I, w- I would turn on god mode and start trying to work towards it because I mean once you get past Hades himself it- it's a very satisfying thing Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I can really say. Um, th- though I will tell you, Hades does have two forms. So the one, of, the only boss that has two forms that I know of, because I didn't um, do a lot of those boss challenges after. Oh, was it the heat wheels? Uh, yeah, the heat, the yeah, heat, I didn't... heat options. I don't think you even get those until you've at least finished right. uh, one run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. if you're having trouble, I recommend. Um, you unlock the second form of the shield and try with that. Because the special thing with that is uh, when you use your special, that like throws out the shield and it bounces around and damages enemies. With the second form of that shield, you still actually are, have a shield separate to that. So you can throw out the shield and sit back and block, and you can kind of turtle your way through a lot of tough encounters. And that can get yep. you... That can get you like the first clear, because then I think there's things you unlock after that first clear that can help you even more. Mm-hmm. Like there's a certain god that will not show up until you've at least beaten Hades once. Oh right, that that and that one has some pretty awesome boons. Yep. That's the one with the ice totems that I, yep. I find to be pretty OP. No, they're great. And um, oh, there's some cool things you can do with those. I, there's some boons you can get that, like, combine two. So you, you can do... Oh, yeah. You can do some crazy things with those totems. They're so good. God, so, so good. Getting some of them combination boons was for the achievement where you've got to get all of them was some of the hardest stuff I've ever had to do in a game. Um, mainly because it was so RNG. Yeah. I mean, you, depending on what um, keepsakes you equip, you can kind of fudge with who shows up a little bit, but even then it's still random. Yeah, also, well, I think if I think if you give nectar to the first one, they show up again, or show up a lot, um, I think. Don't quote me on that. And you can also change the keepsake in each area. So you can, oh, right. You can pick one to increase your chances of getting one god, and then next area, do it for a different one. So, um, yeah. Do we have anything else to say before we move on to the round table? Um, play Hades. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't played it already, play Hades. It's on all the current systems. It 
go, I think it's on sale right now. It goes on sale for all the time, but even then at 20 bucks, that's a steal. Is it 20 or 25? Mm. I actually can't see it because uh, it doesn't show the price when you have the game. It is 25 on Steam, and it does jump down fairly often to $15. Last was on sale in uh, July, at the end of July, so it'll probably go on sale again soonish. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's on sale on PSN, right? Unlike some of their other games, this will keep you busy a lot longer. Yeah. So if you don't mind paying the full price, then I, I really? wouldn't really worry about it. You get a lot of game for 25 bucks. And I think the physical version is 40 if you're into the physical. Yeah, version, it's. But... I've seen it a lot recently for 20. Yeah. Um, and I'd pick that up because it comes with the soundtrack. And I think it's got maybe a little art book or something in it. And I forget. Yeah. It's a nice little package. Because I picked up my copy back when Nintendo was having their holiday sale. And that was when I bought like a... Uh, $200 gift cards and uh, just went nuts in the store and <laughs> realized that Nintendo store doesn't have a cart and it's very annoying. Yeah, that is kind of annoying. Like, Nintendo, you know I would spend a lot more if you made this easier. Nope, Nintendo is as great as they are in other ways. They're still stuck in the past decade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, that, that being said, I think we're going to take a quick musical interlude and then we're going to come back and do the round table and round out the show. So, stick around. <laughs> the rpg backtrack where now we are getting into the round table getting personal our, our personal feelings and memories about the game um so that we don't forget pyre i just want to know which character did it pain you to have to sacrifice because they were so good and then which one did you immediately kick out just because you couldn't stand them oh was i the only person that played pyre well, no, it's just you're you're making me look up like the characters real quick to see if I can remember because it was so long ago. Oh, I forgot that it, that was a while back. My, my little my little bunny brain. See, uh, I was me. really mad that I had to sacrifice uh, Captain Pyre <laughs> and the Planeteers. Oh, uh, wrong game. Um, <laughs> sacrificing Rookie the dog kind of broke my heart because he was so funny and he was just really good to play as but i, I kind of wanted him to get redeemed um and, and he's a dog so of course he's the best character but then i couldn't wait to let sir gillian off my team because i hated playing as him so much there was the there was the fish that controlled weird sometimes you gotta make a decision just because they play weird y- yeah sorry buddy you didn't make the cut you're out mm-hmm. um phil if you don't remember you don't have to answer yeah, it's totally escaping me. I looked at the picture. I'm like, nope, don't remember this. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, besides, we would get to Hades anyway. Uh, what was your favorite weapon in Hades? Uh, I like the shield a lot. Like you said, it kind of makes you feel like Captain America. Plus, it, it lets you block some, somewhat, I believe. But I like blocking rather than precision, jumping all over the place, diving, jumping, and stuff. It's the same way a Monster Hunter. A lot of times, I'll pick something with a shield against the faster monsters. 
So I tend to gravitate towards that anyways. The bow is also pretty cool once you got into like a, pa- a, a rhythm with it of doing the charge up and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. i I was the worst at the bow believe it or not Mm. maybe that's why i never got too far i leaned heavily on the worst weapon it's not the worst weapon i mean it honestly depends on and there is no bad weapon in this game it just depends on your playstyle. the bow was just the one i was the worst at the one i was the best at was the repeater because of how much firepower you get and kind of the little hack with using a hoary rapid fire controller to cheese the <gasps> but you also get boons that get rid of the ammo anyway so it just gave me a perma one but the, the repeater was my favorite i liked the sword um and, and yeah the sh- oh no wait the fist probably my third favorite because of how quick it was i like quick weapons that uh let me get in and out which is really weird given that i'm a hunting horn bane and monster hunter and that's not <laughs> quick at all no it is not it's slow <laughs> Slow. I, I guess for me, that's all about stacking the heels. Um, did you have a favorite weapon, Wheels? The bow, specifically the second form of the bow. Which the cool thing about that one is, you hit somebody with the main attack, and then your special fires homing arrows at whatever you just hit. So what I would do with that is use the thing to get Artemis to raise my chance of getting Artemis boons and get everything to raise the crit on the special I could because the chance of proccing the crit is per arrow in that special, which fires a bunch of arrows. So yeah, you keep getting those and every little arrow you fire in that has a chance to crit and you know get whatever other effects you can get on that special because you really want on the special because all you're really doing is firing one main attack and then the special to home in and with that i just melted absolutely everything i have to to try that strategy because i didn't know that that was a strategy yeah I, i think one time i got just like ridiculous boons and beat Hades and like under two minutes. He just dang. He just melted. Dang. It was absurd. Cause one of the heats that you can get is basically to speed run your run. Yeah. So I'll have to uh, remember that. Yeah, it's it doesn't always go that well depending on the boons you get. It's like I said, you specifically Specifically, you need the ones that power up the special because that second bow form is all about the special. Because mm-hmm. you're not really going to be using you know, all you're really using the main attack for is to mark targets. Yeah. So if you you and you know not all the things you get are for the special, so you can just have some bad luck and not go so well. But if you hit it right, it just is absurd. And I mean, you can combo that with like you know getting maybe some debuffs on the special attack or things like that it's it's great no, i love the bow and i've used the uh the last form of the bow the I, I don't remember how you even unlock those uh but that one's pretty cool too love the bow so then that, uh, that kind of segs into our next next question because um that was just a very specific build up build on this very specific god uh which god do you want having your back in this game but basically who's your favorite god but uh, despite what I just said, Athena, because her boons are more well-rounded for whatever you're using. Like, I love getting the one where your dash deflects attacks. 
Oh, yeah. Because that is such an incredible defensive tool. And there's other ones you can get to combo with that where, like, the deflected attacks do more damage. Uh, but especially, you know, her stuff with the shield and just... Uh, is there one where she either restores uh, some of your... Um, I'm just going to call them lives. Restores your lives or something. Something like that. But, uh, yeah, she's... She's essential, especially if you're having trouble. Those defensive boons can be just like a godsend. Um, th- that deflection, by the way, Phil, is great for bosses, mm-hmm. um, especially bosses that have a lot of AOE. I th- I think I use that deflection a lot to f- kind of figure out a lot of the bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, just run, run around the arena d- doing a nonstop dash, and you'll eventually just kind of shoot them out, as it were. Um, that being said, I I preferred a lot of Zeus boons just because you know in Diablo I'm a chain lightning person anyway that that was one of my favorite abilities just because of how OP it was so having a lot of the lightning abilities that would shoot lightning or you know do a lot of AOE just it always seemed to click with me both are a lot of fun and visually pleasing as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) lightning everywhere Mm. what about you Phil um, yeah, I like, I like Aphrodite because in weakness is always awesome. So cool. Um, so, so then, you know, that's as far as the tactical stuff about, about your waifu slash husbando, uh, which God do you, or which character do you want to be your special friend and give all the nectar to? Uh, Megara or however you pronounce her name. She's cool. You both, you and Sam Stanford Megara. Yes. Also Artemis, mostly because I want her boons. <laughs> See, Thanatos ended up being my husbando in that game. I, I ended up, or I really wanted to get um, his hearts all the way up first, first, just because he was so dreamy, dreamy and handsome. I, I, I also think uh, Dionysus is pretty hot. Thematically, I just go with Ares, a God of War. That's the one I want watching my back. <laughs> you want to go on a date with Ares? I just want watching my back. No, my back's protected. <laughs> And then, uh, finally, do you guys have any special memories of what you was doing while you was playing Hades or Pyre? Either or. Um, Any associative memories? Just fun stuff you did? Uh, I think my funnest memory is playing Hades. Yeah, Yeah. That I mean, to be honest, that's kind of my fondest memory too. It was it was one of those games that you know I work from home and I have the Switch around, and it's like. Okay, I need to stop taking 30-minute bathroom breaks because I need to actually get work done. So I'm going to go hide the switch until work is done (laughs) because I cannot put down this game. Uh, With, uh, you know, uh, when Pyre... you know, Pyre was out and it came out. It was it was it was a good time to for that game to come out for me because um, at the time it was just up to my eyeballs, you know, at my job and working a lot of hours. And I come home and I'm just too tired to play like a Baldur's Gate or something that's really deep and soul consuming, right? With lots of inventory management and stuff. And and Pyre, while it does have RPG elements, they're a lot lighter than those, but it'll just sit down and entertain you and tell a story. And then when it's time for the action, you're playing, like you said, one in a way, it's, it's a basketball, but it's not nearly as stressful as playing something like an NBA jam or something where everyone's moving at the same time. I just I found I found the gameplay to be uh, a, uh, just in, in a way, just a good stress relief. Uh, so and I like that, especially early on. It, it, it like the difficulty's not that hard. 
I, I talk about this a lot when it comes to game design. I don't know why developers feel the need, especially with roguelikes, to make sure that the very first boss kicks you in the teeth and in the nuts and everything in between um, and, and stuff. At least let me feel powerful, get invested in your game, give me a little time. Empire does that. It was just, it was, it was awesome. Like as I'm learning the basics, I'm, you know, I'm scoring these goals and, and winning, winning, winning matches and stuff. I said, they were really close. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't, and it wasn't just that it was super easy and it just handed to you. Like, you know, there were some close, there were some close calls there. I mean, it felt like a really, really good balance. Like it was balanced towards people who they knew were just going to be picking up and playing this game. Obviously, I think if you had played it a few times and you were doing a new run without any other difficulty option, and I don't remember if there was or, you know, heat levels or anything along those lines. I'm sure it's on a too easy side once you, but, but, but I felt like the difficulty for somebody learning and coming up was just great. And it was just exactly what I needed at that time. See, I, I feel like in roguelikes, the first boss ought to be challenging, but beatable if you learn the pattern. I don't think that the first boss should kick your teeth in. Yeah, well, and, and then, and then you know, it's one thing that happened in roguelikes. It's kind of, you know, it's almost like complaining about the difficulty of a boss in Dark Souls. But, mm-hmm. but, but then, you know, I'll play other games and people will see me on the stream and then I get very, very frustrated. Uh, like Circus Electric is the latest example of like that first boss there. Just you think you're doing good. You're beating up a bunch of, you know, uh, cop uh, mechs or whatever they're called, cop robots or whatever, steampunk cops and things like that and drunk clowns and everything else. And then you get to that first boss. And after a grueling 30 minute battle, because the boss keeps using status conditions that debilitate your party. So it drags out the fight. Like after you've already been stunned, he'll just keep stun locking. You're just okay. Well, if you're going to end it, end it. But it's like soul crushing 30 minutes. And it's just like, Holy cow, just holy cow. But uh, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, at least get let the players get invested. And in. I think Pyre and and Hades, you know, Hades bosses weren't too bad. Um, you know, they're they're tough, but there are tells uh, that you can kind of see coming. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. Like with Dark Souls, I don't complain about Dark Souls bosses. They are known for their difficulty. Right. But generally speaking, as long as you take the time and learn from those first deaths and i don't even know if i even died on the first boss when i played demon souls because uh, i was just so overly cautious <laughs> but um uh even on the bosses like when i played uh, dark souls one on stream uh and that first boss kicked my butt a couple of times you learn from it and and you know you can see the tells coming so it's, it's usually pretty it does feel pretty good when you get past it but some of these bosses and some of these games the first ones will just like you're dead <laughs> you're like what <laughs> So, yeah, good times. Good times. Oh, um, do we have anything else to say about either of these games? I think we're ready to put a bow on it. Just buy them. Yep. Yeah. They, if you're listening to this, you know you wanted to buy it. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it. Make your dreams come true. There are certainly worse ways you could spend twenty bucks and or twenty five bucks, and these games aren't it. They, they are a good value for what they're priced. And I, I'm not even one of those person that believes in the whole price per hours game because a game is a game. A game is as fun as you put into it. Is how I feel. But mm-hmm. th- these games are a lot of fun for a lot of dough. So okay, well, th- thank you, Wheels. 
thank you, Phil, for the live show. Um, always fun. And of course, th thanks to Sam who showed up. Um, she had to bail because of work or because she needed to go to bed because she's got work tomorrow. But it's always a pleasure having Sam on. Um, th thank you, Matt Mason, for editing this. Got to give him credit where credit's due. I could not do this show without him. I'm just sad he couldn't, you know, we couldn't talk him into Hades tonight because we probably would have by the time we were done. But I don't know. I, I don't feel like he can be talked into Hades. <laughs> a little, a little uh, self-promotion here. Uh, head over to twitch.tv forward slash rpgamer for all of your streaming needs because you have so many. We stream seven days a week, practically 365 days a year. <laughs> so we're always streaming something. I'm usually on uh, weekdays at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, but during the day, weekdays, we usually have two or three different streamers all throughout. And on the weekends, Sunday especially, is pretty busy. And sometimes I, I do big, long surprise streams on Saturdays. Um, th thank you, Phil. Our Twitch channel is always a blast. Um, you, you could even check me out on our Twitch. Well, you could do, uh, we're recording this, so I guess it doesn't count, but you've got Q&A Quest on the Twitch channel. Yes. Uh, RPG Cast Live on the Twitch channel on Saturdays. Uh, Backtrack is one of the only ones we don't do live on Twitch, and that's not for lack of trying. We just never really thought to, but Backtrack is also kind of off the cuff, so <sighs> thank you guys. And our next show is going to be 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, another game that I have been chomping at the bit to talk about, because that, that game... Was that old? Uh, Yeah, two years. Oh, I need to play that. I got the Switch version. I need to play it sometime. That is seems, such a, seems cool. It's a very good game, though. One of the best adventure games I've ever played. The strategy stuff is kind of eh, but it's still fun. We will be getting into that uh, within two weeks. Um, thank you, listener, for hanging out with us, and we shall check you later. Bye.